everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. And this week, uh, was it my choice? No, it was your choice. It was my choice. Definitely not my choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, no, no. As in, I, I've never heard of this film before. Okay. You chose it. Yeah, I chose the movie Heathers, which yeah. I'm, I'm really excited, to, as excited as you were to hear what I felt about Fifty First Dates last week. Oh, yeah. I'm equally, if not more excited to hear what you felt about Heathers. Because okay. for me, this film is... It's peak 80s, it's peak Winona Ryder, it's just peak. I love Winona Ryder. Obviously I've seen uh, Stranger Things and she is just bonkers in that. <laughs> and I thought that was just her getting into her old age. Nope. <laughs> nope. She's been crazy her whole life. I think my absolute favourite part of this film is where she is wearing a monocle and just scribbling but like shouting at this piece of paper essentially <laughs> just ripping up this piece of paper with her pen and she's clearly not writing words but she's just no, literally just... scrawling across the page but there's a monologue that's just like perfectly normal talk and it's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> oh she's just so mental I love it yes. oh, this is my favourite Winona Ryder movie one of the reasons I chose this film is that because when Stranger Things came out, I just discussed this last week, I was very excited because, and a lot of my friends are very excited because it's Winona Ryder's back. And because you were a little bit younger, you were kind of like, I mm, don't really know who she is, which, mm-hmm. I was, which kind of upset me. I felt I had to rectify that by showing you this is why people think of Winona Ryder as like, the icon of like teen 80s movies. Yeah. She is to 80s movies what, I don't know, maybe Lindsay Lohan was to 10 years. I don't even know who the current equivalent would be like for teen movies, but she's just it. My God, that fashion. <laughs> <laughs> so many shoulder pads and, and the hats. They were so entertaining. The primary colours, yeah. Primary colours, yeah. Mm. yeah. As I say, yeah. it was just so deliciously 80s. Okay. Yes, it was. <laughs> I love the different colours of the Heathers. Mm. They're just like, cut to yellow Heather. And then she's just <laughs> in a yellow room, wearing yellow. Everything in that room is yellow. Cut to red red Heather's house. And then you got you see her kitchen. Everything's red in her kitchen. Mm. And yeah, I, I did really appreciate that. I liked how they really lent into the idea that Red Heather was Satan. Because yeah. even at, at her <laughs> funeral, there's like this red glow. Yeah. It's like she's <laughs> the epitome of evil. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> and the, for me, the dialogue is just spot on. It's so quotable. What's your favourite line then? Oh God, there's so many. Like, um, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. I love my dead gay son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, my favourite line of dialogue is after that happens and it's the two surviving Heathers and someone else runs up to them and says, did you hear? Curse and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicide pact last night. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it was just such a perfect piece of dialogue. Yeah. What was your favourite line? Um, I think it must have been Fuck Me Gently with a Chainsaw. I didn't mm-hmm. clock any... Well, I, I clocked them, but I didn't really... Uh, they didn't beat it. Yeah. Did you have a brain tumour for breakfast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shower nozzle masturbation material for weeks. Um, oh, so much. So many good lines. So well written. Who wrote this? Who I did all other stuff? I don't know what, the, what he wrote aside from this, but um, yeah, I should find out because I would definitely want to see more of what he did because... Yeah, yeah. if it's anything like that. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And no, we'll give her shower nozzle masturbation material for weeks. I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. Same difference. Grow up, Heather. Bulimia is so 87. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times. And I felt bad every time I did it, but I kept doing it anyway. Now I know you understood everything. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you hear? School's cancelled today because Kurt and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicide pact. No way! Dear diary, 
My teen angst bullshit has a body count. My son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son. <laughs> yeah, good choice. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think of Christian Slater? Uh, I assume that was the main guy. Yes. He seems like an old person in a young person's body. Well, he often gets accused of being just a Jack Nicholson impersonator. Okay. Because he, he he has a very Jack Nicholson speaking voice. Yeah, and very, I can see that. That vibe. Yeah. But I, don't, I think that works for the character, That kind of the, the idea that he's a... I don't know how old Christian Slater was when he was filming this. Winona Ryder was 16 when she was filming this. Okay. She was the age she was playing. Yeah. I suspect he might have been a little older, but maybe he wasn't. But yeah, he has this kind of vibe of being above... All the teenagers, which works very well. For well, that's, that's not really how I felt. I just thought, okay, he's probably got to be like 40 now. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, old, today? Yeah, t- today, 40, 50. Yeah, I feel like he is older. Minona Rad is 45 now. I know, I but that, that's that's how he feels in this film. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's a 50-year-old who just looks like he's a teenager. Yeah. And it was well, just really weird. Well, they play on that as well with the interactions with him and his dad. Yeah, definitely. Hello, son, hello, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's I quite, definitely... I quite, like, quite like that. I didn't really understand what was going on with that, but... No, it wasn't really fleshed out particularly, but it, it didn't need to be. It was just, there, was, there were lots Weird of little thing. side plots that didn't really... But I did, I did appreciate how his dad was even more of a psychopath than he was. Oh, yeah, totally. Hey, son, I didn't hear you come in. Hey, Dad. How was work today? It was miserable. Some damn tribe of withered old bitches doesn't want us to terminate that flea bag hotel. Huh. All because Glenn Miller and his band once took a shit there. Just like Kansas. You remember fucking Kansas? Yeah, that was the one with the wheat, right? Yeah, save the Memorial Oak Tree Society. <laughs> Showed those fucks. Now, that opening scene where they've got the croquet and we've got the mm. three of them like, walking over the flowers and stuff and then they hit Renan Ryder's head with croquet balls, is that like an induction type thing? I assume that was just a fantasy. Right. Yeah, I don't think they actually buried her up to her head and hit croquet balls. Well, it's I possible. Know. I mean, anything's possible in this film. <laughs> but yeah, because there were other parts of this film that were obviously entered the realm of fantasy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the second funeral and when yeah. you think Heather Duke's been killed and then it, you realise it's just a dream, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there are elements of that, I think. So yeah, I didn't think that was an actually actually something that was happening. But, yeah. But you can never tell, which is what I like about this film. Yeah. What did you think of the ending? Underwhelming, I thought. The original ending was a lot darker. What happened in the original ending is that he does blow up the school and they all die, including Winona Ryder. <laughs> and then they all have a prom in heaven. And that was the actual, okay. yeah. Well, well, then that was deemed too dark. So they were yeah. forced to shoot the actual ending, which is, of course, that she kind of saves the day, he dies. And yeah, yeah. I have to say, I, I like the end. I, I think the ending they went with is, is, is the better of the two. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> but I think that the film was getting... As the film went on, it was turning into more and more of a spoof. Because mm-hmm. it was just getting crazy but in ways that just didn't really seem didn't really match the start of the film start the film other than that first scene i guess mm-hmm. started off all just fairly sensible and just like it was a, a normal film and yeah i know that it's a it's a dark comedy it's going to take these turns but a lot of it did feel a bit uh like scary movie type thing okay um and then when i was getting when it was getting to the end and he was about to blow himself up mm. and i was expecting there to just be a massive explosion of blood <laughs> and to just be like Winona Ryder is then just covered in blood but yeah. no instead she just she has a perm yeah. and lots of soot on her face which I did find quite ridiculous but like more ridiculous than most of the style of the film but just not quite as ridiculous as I was hoping okay I love the fact that his exploding corpse lit her cigarettes yeah such a good sight guy <laughs> yeah 
There's lots of really good sight gags. Uh, it's one of those things I think I can. The bit where she film. burns her hand in the car and then he lights a cigarette off it without yeah. even hesitating. Yeah, exactly. And then they don't even talk about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, such a fake hand. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, there's another scene I really like. This is very very dark. But there's a, the scene where they go cow tipping. <laughs> <laughs> And then she walks away yeah. and you can see she's having a conversation with, with Christian Slater's character. And in the background, you just see the other girl getting raped in yeah. the field. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's so pitch black that it's can get away with, I think it can get away with that kind of comedy. Yeah. Like, cause to compare it to 51st Dates, cause that, because that film made some kind of, had some elements of off color humor. Like, you know, we discussed how it kind of, Made made fun of um, trans people a lot. It, yeah. had a lot. it was wasn't very a great film for women, etc. I'm not going to go on my rant again. But <laughs> this film, you know, makes some <clears throat> off color jokes about all kinds of people as well. But I think the tone of it is such that it doesn't feel offensive. Mm-hmm. It it's all very much obviously satire and tongue in cheek, and it doesn't punch yes. downwards. Yeah. So Martha Dump Truck, you know, there's a lot of jokes at her expense, but she's not presented as someone to be laughed at. I don't mm, think. I think yeah. the film ultimately has sympathy for her. Yeah. yeah and again, the, I love my dead gay son. It's, it's, it's a hilarious line. All the, 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 I love all the jokes about the things that they hide on their bodies to make them gay. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the mineral, mineral water. water. <laughs> Which again is such an 80s. I don't think that's such a thing now, but yeah, the idea that the mineral water was this like gay kind of thing. I found hilarious. It, it, it's the difference between saying gay people are weird, ha ha ha, which is mm. what I think elements of Adam Sandler films often do. Versus yeah, yeah, the did. joke was on the people, on the homophobes in that situation, not mm-hmm. the, the the characters weren't gay. So it was, but you know, the, it wasn't, the joke wasn't on the idea of homosexuality yes. being inherently hilarious you know yeah. what I mean? or yeah. inherently wrong, you know? So yeah, I, that's what I like about these kind of films. These films that are very dark, have a kind of a dark sense of humor, but are approaching that in a way that is mm-hmm. actually quite intelligent and quite forward thinking. Mm-hmm. And for the eighties, I think this film was quite forward thinking in many ways. Like, yeah. 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 Um, other good thing, I liked him her shooting off his finger when he gave, when he gives the finger. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Again, just lots of funny little visual things. It's very Did... good aim she had to shoot off his finger, but then not kill him in the next shot. Yeah, she tried to. <laughs> Did you think this is something that struck me? Did you think that they should have merged the characters of Martha Dump Truck and Betty Finn? Which was Betty Finn? Sorry, Betty Finn was her old Veronica's old friend. She's the girl with the glasses. Oh yeah. I felt like that character in Martha Dump Truck should have just been one character. Yeah. Because it felt like at the end, when Veronica goes up to Martha Dump Truck and says, hey, let's be pals again. And it, mm. and it felt a little bit patronising because they'd never, literally never spoken. Yeah. So it's like, hey, lonely girl, I'm going to bestow my friendship. Whereas if she'd done that to Betty, her old friend, that would make more sense. Because they'd yeah, be like, I'm sense. going back to my old friendship that I've neglected. while I was Also, looking- did you notice that apart from the three Heathers, uh, Winona Ryder and the two jocks, mm-hmm. apart from just those six characters everybody was a nerd oh yeah <laughs> like there, there, there was no in between no totally it was they were the top it was coughing out your nose <laughs> talking about star trek and being fat yeah <laughs> and yeah. lonely uh good film I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed i'm assuming you enjoyed it on the whole then you glad yes you i did yeah. yeah don't know there's any other questions i have about it so should we go to your pitch? yeah sure okay uh my pitch now this one i'm not really convinced on the title of this i think it's a little plain but anyway it's called uh, Spider-Man Heathers. Spider-Man Heathers? Spider-Man colon Heathers. Okay, I'm interested. Go on. It, so it is a Spider-Man film. Okay. It is a, just about a straight remake of uh, the original. Of Heathers or Spider-Man? Uh, <laughs> of Heathers. It's, an, it's, a, it's a remake of Heathers, 
with Spider Man in with it. With Spider Man in it. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Interested to see what route you, you talk to arrive at this idea. It's not connected to any other films, any kind of Sp- Spider Man franchise or anything, and it's not any of the three existing Spider Man actors playing. Okay. Actually, the person I've cast as Spider Man is uh, Thomas Brody Sangster, who is uh, the little boy in Love Actually, and is also in Game of Thrones. Oh, is he the guy? He John Jun Joe Jun Reed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like he'd be, he'd be okay. I mean, I know that he's not a teenager anymore, but he can definitely still pass for it. Is he not a teenager anymore? He's 27. Really? Yeah. Was Love Actually that long ago? Yeah. I thought Love Actually was like 2004, which would be crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess he was 10. Or, uh, my maths is terrible. Okay. Okay. I'll buy it. Bye. Yeah. 27. Wow. That, that, that is horrifying. Yeah. Um, quick uh, quick tangent. Have you seen the, uh, the Love Actually sequel? I have not yet, no. You, you should. It's disappointing. I feel we could do a lot better. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's because it's not a film; it's a sketch. Yeah. Because actually, this this Heather's has never had a sequel, but it does somewhat push the boundaries of what we agreed because it do, has had a musical. Made about it. I know. Sorry, uh, not a film musical, <clears throat> a stage musical, which I've never seen. So mm-hmm. I don't know. What's, um, but there is a TV show being made of, uh, as we speak, and so next year there's going to be a TV of Heather's of Heather's, yeah, huh. which I'm interested to see. But uh, yeah, so I, I think we can we can make some room for love, actually. Yeah, yeah. I may go on another rant because it is very much falls into the 50, 51st dates category of films that I'm very cynical about. But Sure, sure. But we, maybe we can do a Christmas episode. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so it's a spider, it's the guy from Spider-Man. No, the guy from Love Actually is now playing Spider-Man. The guy from Love Actually is now playing Spider-Man. Okay. Um, in a film that is completely by, uh, on its own, by itself. Now, the film opens for a shot for shot uh, refilm of the opening scene from Heather's. Yes. Okay. The only difference is Winona Ryder's character is now Mary Jane. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mary Jane Watson. Okay. Um, so I'm actually just going to put in loads of Spider-Man characters in this film. Okay. Just sort of instead. I oh, thought that'd be good. Um, I haven't actually cast her yet. I really couldn't think of anybody. I couldn't think of anybody about that age. How old's Mary Jane? I don't know, but I'm trying to think of somebody who's about teenage. <laughs> Really? I have the same problem. I had the same problem with my sequel because spoiler alert, mine involves some teenagers as well. It's a teen movie. It's going to have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's really hard because I don't know any teenage girls, and I can't just keep casting Taylor Swift. Yeah, because <laughs> even she's like twenty-seven. It's... <laughs> Sophie Turner, I guess. See, yeah, okay, we're on similar again. We're on similar grounds, but yeah. Tell you what, I'm, she's I'm... a good Mary Jane. She's got the hair. Yeah, and... yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go for Sophie Turner for this. Good. So okay. two Game of Thrones actors. Yeah. So uh, it... Sophie Turner is just getting hit on the head with croquet balls, and that's kind of a uh, induction. Who, who's hitting her? Oh, the, the three Heathers. And are they characters in the Spider-Man universe or from the comic book universe? Uh, no, they are just... Just the, teenagers? Yeah, they're just the three Heathers. So um, is this a Spider-Man origin story? So do, do, No, there's no origin story in this. It's just... So Spider-Man and Mary Jane are already a couple? No, because I don't think of that as like the origin thing. Spider-Man does not get his powers in this. That's the only thing. Oh, okay. But he hasn't met Mary Jane. So in that sense, it's Correct. their relationship. Okay, yeah. um, continue. This is... Uh, spoiler alert. This is not a relationship film for spider-man and mary jane okay cool. um <laughs> well i think that mary jane as a character deserves more than just to be a love interest no i agree i'm just i'm always amused by your discomfort around relationship driven films <laughs> every week it's like there's no love story in this one <laughs> oh, i still romance sometime all right <laughs> <laughs> yes and so then we are uh we cut to that scene where mary jane well yeah, when Mary Jane gets introduced to somebody who was Christian Slater. Okay. She's now getting introduced to Harry Osborn. Who's Harry Osborn? Dave Franco. Oh, so the character is Harry Osborn is from Spider-Man. Remind me who he is. In, in Spider-Man? In Spider-Man. Peter Parker's best friend. Oh, is he the one who becomes... He's Sam? James Franco. 
James Franco in the original Spider-Man films, and I'm now casting Dave Franco. Oh, okay. Okay, I got confused. Okay, I understand now. Yeah, he becomes his dad is Sandman, right? And no, no, no. His, his dad is Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin, yeah. And does he become Sandman? No, no, that's somebody else. What does he become? Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I've got it straight. I think. Yeah. Cool. So Dave Franco. Is he James Franco's younger or older brother? Younger. Okay. I'm trying to picture him. Yeah, I haven't seen him for a few years, but last I saw him, he could still play for like an older teen. You know, okay. he'd be what they call a senior, I guess. Okay. Um, but yes, I, I feel that still fits the character. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so why did you choose him? Just because he's James Franco's brother in continuity with yeah, the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, that and he's the first person I thought of and I thought that was just good for... Okay. Put casting a family member like that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, keep an eye out for any anywhere I can cast Winona Ryder in this because I haven't actually done that. Okay, but you want us to be involved. Yeah, cool, I, feel, yeah. I feel like any kind of remake does need to have some original cast in it. I feel strongly that she should be involved. So I'm yeah, cool. even as a cameo. Yeah, yeah, okay. that was my favourite part of the new Ghostbusters was just the originals cameos. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, we see them getting introduced, and that scene plays out essentially the same where we see that uh, he is a bad boy. He brings a gun to school, mm-hmm. um, even if it's got blanks in it, but he does that. And so we see that he's quite a bad character, a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah. Same as in the original. Uh, we then have a scene with the three Heathers playing the fake letter trick, as oh, they did yes. in the film. Oh, was, who was that in the film? What do you mean? So it was Martha Dumptruck? Yes. Yes. So instead of Martha Dumptruck, it's going on Peter Parker. Okay. Oh. And so Peter Parker is now the one who embarrasses himself um, in, in front of the whole canteen. So who is the who do they tell him has a crush on him though? Like one of the characters, Mary yeah. Jane, or a... um, I was going to say Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Oh, who, okay. Yeah. Who is uh, the other Spider-Man love interest? Yes, the one who was Bryce Dallas Howard in the most recent film. Uh, no, no, Bryce Dallas oh. Howard in uh, Spider-Man Three, and then the two after that, she was. Um, oh, I forgot her name. La La Land, best actress. Emma Stone. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. she was, wasn't she? Okay, cool. Yeah. And so we we have that scene, and then we start feeling sorry for Peter Parker. We see okay. that he's being bullied. By the three heathers, it's quite a, it's quite apparent. Yeah. Yes. Have you cast the three heathers? No, I have not. Do you think I should? They're I not like... actually that big characters in this film. Okay. No, if, if we're just going to be struggling to think of teenage girls because neither this is not a strong <laughs> point for either of us, really. So, wouldn't you Google teenage girls? What? <laughs> I actually have several times. Well, <laughs> someone's going to look at my Google search because over the last few weeks we've done a few teen ones. I've constantly been searching like actresses under twenty, teenage girls, like. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> and then teenage boys as well, because there's obviously teenage boy characters in my films as well. So No good, John. No good. No, I might no. call somebody on you. Mm-hmm. So then, for whatever reason, uh, Mary Jane does now want to still get back at Heather number one. Okay. Um, I forgot what it was in the original film. The reason why she didn't like her? Yeah. Well, it felt like she just kind of had a conscience sure. initially. It, was, <laughs> it just kind of felt like, well, Heather number one was mean to her at the party. Uh, but yeah, even that before that, she was kind of disgusted by she was very conflicted by the fact that she wanted to be a popular girl but she didn't like the way the popular girls behaved yeah. particularly everyone yeah. so so ultimately MJ does have a conscience okay. that is mm-hmm. one thing that becomes fairly apparent in this and so she wants to get back at her and so her and uh, Harry Osborne they go to her house and they do the orange juice and milk trick but Harry Osborne does actually switch it for poison yeah. but doesn't tell MJ so exactly so, the same so, as the original. Well, MJ still knows that there's poison. Like she, she sees him pouring the poison, yeah. and then she just thinks he didn't take that glass. Oh, she didn't take that one. That's what she thinks in the original as well. I know, I know. But like okay. in the original, she at least knew that poison was there. Okay. In this one, she doesn't even notice a thing. Absolutely nothing. She is completely innocent. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. And so, then when Heather one dies, 
like instantly. Yeah. May as well be the same way. Mary Jane is quite scarred by it, quite scared as well, mm-hmm. and goes back uh, goes back to her parents and starts telling her about it. Okay. Peter Parker hears this through an open window. Okay, he, is he just like creepily spying on her? Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what okay. he does. Do we establish that he has a crush on her? I thought he had a crush on Gwen Stacy. He has a crush on everyone. Oh, okay, he's just a big horn. He's a teenage boy. Okay, fair. fair. <laughs> he he knows that she wouldn't poison anybody, yeah. so he knows that she must have been framed in some way. So he starts looking into it. He starts following her around, not in a creepy way. I mean, there's no. <laughs> there's... Go on. Yeah, <laughs> and sees that it's. Uh, works out that it's Harry Osborne who's been doing these things. Who's... So wait, she she tells her parents that a murder's just happened. Do they not go to the police? Uh, yeah, we'll just get past that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, th- there is no suicide type thing this time. Mary it's Jane just is... a straight up murder. Yeah, it's just a straight up murder. So there's investigation anyway, I guess. But okay. uh... but somehow he doesn't get arrested straight away. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So let's think about that one. <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit. Continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listeners can fix that for me. And so, yeah, because Peter works out that Harry's been hanging out with her, he knows that Harry's a bad guy because, like, he sees how he acts. He knows that he carries a gun, that sort of thing. And he finds out that uh, he sets MJ up on a date with the jock. And so, no, Spider-Man does. Or no, sorry, that's not how it went down. The jocks ask MJ out, that's, okay. that's how it is, and then they go on a double date, don't they? And so yeah. that plays out essentially the same with the cow tipping and the rape and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can do the rape in this. My film doesn't really feel that, like that kind of film. No. And so uh, then Peter Parker overhears Harry talking to MJ, this is the day after, sorry, about how they're going to get them back. And they are going to go through with the forest trick. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing it, using MJ as the bait, they're going to use Gwen Stacy because MJ would not do that. So Harry Osborn tricks Gwen, Gwen Stacy into it. I'm confused. Yeah, so, I'm getting quite confusing. So... MJ has been on this awful date with the jock, with Heaven Number 2, I guess? Yeah, I guess so. But then... <clears throat> so then goes... So who's... So, so then goes and complains to Harry Osborne about it. Okay. Says, can you do something about this? So she's over the fact that he's a murderer now? Uh, yeah. What if the double date was with MJ and Gwen Stacy, and Gwen Stacy was the one who... Would that make more sense? Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you. So then, then, then MJ can be out of it, but Gwen Stacy can be yes. like, you know... Okay, yeah, that works really well. Thank you very much. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so, yeah, Gwen Stacy is in the forest. She is waiting for these jocks to come. And Spider-Man knows exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He knows that Harry Osborn is hiding in the bushes with a gun. But Gwen Stacy thinks it's just a prank. She doesn't yes. think she's about to kill someone. Yes. Same as Winona. Yes. Okay. And so when they come and uh, it all starts to play out, Harry Osborn jumps out from the bush with a gun. Peter Parker quickly grabs it out of his hand. With, well, with his Spider-Man with his, with his Spider-Web okay. stuff. Also using his webs, he pulls down Harry Osborn's pants, <laughs> ties him to a tree, also ties the jocks to trees, okay. and just leaves. Okay. Um, Gwen Stacy also leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, whoa. Man, that was... Uh, hmm. As Spider-Man's uh, swinging, away, swinging away, Harry Osborn's like, I'll get you, Spider-Man! <laughs> okay. As anybody would. Okay. Classic comic book. Yeah. yeah. And we then cut to the next day where it is the basketball game. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in the stands in the gym. This is where in the original, the Christian Slater was about to blow up the school. Yes. Okay. Uh, and it's going about the same way. Now, Peter Parker is on the basketball team. Turns out he's very good at basketball. He okay. well, ba- barely ever drops the ball. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have they never made that joke in the film? I don't know why they've it not. It feels like they should. Yeah. It feels like an obvious joke. Yeah. <laughs> so he's doing really well, but then his spider senses do pick that something's up. Okay. Um, you can't quite tell what it is, so he pretends to be injured mm-hmm. so that he can just get out of the game. He gets out of the game, has a look around, and he finds that there's all this dynamite under the stands. Okay. There's nothing like down in the basement like there was in the film. There's no fight down there. That's out. Mm-hmm. So he finds all, all these explosives in the stands. So he grabs them all. There's no timer there or anything. He grabs them all. And it's just a little bit too much for him to carry. Mm-hmm. And so he's got to try and get out of the school without anybody seeing, even though there's too much for him to carry. Okay. And so we have things like where a teacher's walking down a corridor and he's got to hide them all. I feel like this is an entry comical. point for an owner rider. I think she, playing a teacher would be a nice... Um, yes. You know. Thank you. Maybe she can be like that teacher from the first film who was really pro-teen suicide or like really making it oh, about, yeah. about herself. Like, you know, yeah. Whether you does to kill yourself is the most important decision a teenager can make. <laughs> <laughs> And eventually he gets out the front door okay. where he finds Harry Osborne standing there with a detonator in his hand uh-huh. saying, I knew it was you. I've been waiting for you, Peter. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bit of a standoff where Peter is holding all these explosives. Harry Osborne has the detonator. He can kill Peter with just a flick of a switch. Mm-hmm. And that could be it. They have a standoff. There's a few quips back and forth. And eventually Peter works out that the only way he can get out of this is if he just throws them away and just tries his reflexes to see if he, if he can get away from the explosion fast enough. Mm-hmm. So he throws he throws explosives away from the school, the only direction he can, okay. which happens to be towards Harry Osborne. Okay. Harry flicks the switch. The explosives go off about midway between them. They're both thrown backwards. Okay. It's a big explosion. The school is fine. There's, there's nobody injured or anything. Maybe a few, few windows are blown out. Mm-hmm. Peter, Where's Mary Jane in all this? Ah, she's part of the basketball thing. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I felt this was going to be like a real Mary Jane-centric story. and then uh... Yeah, I think I had to think of her at the end, but I think I've forgotten it. Okay. Sidelining female characters once again. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Go on, it's fine. Yes, and so uh, they're both thrown backwards from the force of the explosion, mm-hmm. and Peter Parker lands on all fours. He's mostly okay. He's got that kind of reflex because yeah. he is Spider-Man. Harry Osborn, not so much. He's not dead, but he is severely injured, mm-hmm. so he can no longer get away. This whole thing was caught on CCTV. Um, at no point was it mentioned that Peter Parker was Spider-Man in that, so it was just, I've been waiting for you, Peter. Yeah. And that's how it happens. Now, Peter Parker is now the hero. Mm-hmm. Harry Osborn is clearly the villain. He gets put in prison. The, the murder gets blamed on him. The explosions get blamed on him. Mm-hmm. And they all live happily ever after. Okay. They all live no happily swe- ever after. There's no swearing of revenge, setting off another sequel when Harry gets out. Or... I mean, it could be, but... Uh, a lot of my ideas always seem to finish with, and then there's a sequel. I don't want to do Okay, that. You, want, you want this to be a clean ending. So yeah. I, why doesn't he die then? What, Harry Osborn? Yeah. Well, why does he have to die? Well, it's a clean ending. He's not coming back. Right? I could just leave it open. Yeah. Not that I want to leave it open for sequels, but um, yeah. It, it would be nice to have some kind of superhero films where there are just one film. Okay. Only ever. Yeah. And I think this one would be a really good one because it's not an origin story. It's just an existing character that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. So you can do that, and okay. yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see that film. Okay, okay, now I can see that. Why did you choose Spider Man? Just out of interest, high school. Yeah, mainly I wanted to do a, um, some kind of superhero high twist on a story, mm-hmm. and this one's in high school. It's teen. There's only one superhero I know of that okay, uh, fits that, that bill. So I thought Spider Man. Fair enough. Okay, no, I like it. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I would have maybe given Mary Jane a little bit more to do, but uh... yeah, I think I did give her something at the end, like I said. But does, does does Peter Parker get with her at the end? Then do they 
fall in love? No. Um, how do they finish it? They end up becoming friends. Okay. Because she, uh, because he got rid of Harry Osborn. Okay. Because and he revealed Harry for who he was. Okay. And well, it doesn't yeah. seem like he made much effort Freedom. to cover his tracks, but okay. No. Uh, <laughs> and then Gwen Stacy is just just being Gwen Stacy. She was yeah. She was mostly a nobody. Yeah. She's just a, okay. I would I would say maybe make Gwen Stacy more of a Heather. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Spider-Man Heathers. Spider-Man Heathers, cool. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> so, my one this week, I was, again, often when I'm thinking of the sequel, I'm often quite influenced by other shows that I'm watching. Yeah. Um, so, at one show, I've, I've been watching a TV show recently called Feud, mm-hmm. which is um, about the actresses Bessie Davis and Joan Crawford, who appeared in the film Whatever Happened to Be Jane, which yes. I thought she used to watch on my birthday. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Who wouldn't? It's a great film. Did I enjoy it? I think I think your review was meh. <laughs> I remember I asked the room and it was divided opinion and you kind of landed squarely in the middle. Um, <laughs> Great. Sounds like me. It does kind of fit. It kind of is one of those films that kind of pieces out a little bit. It's like the first half's amazing and then it kind of drags in the middle and then the end's good. But yeah. Yeah. anyway, it's not a remake of that. But that kind of, since watching that, because it's about the making of that film basically. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of got me interested in the actresses and particularly in Joan Crawford who plays the wheelchair-bound character. In yes. And she's an actress who I feel is had a career in some ways similar to the career Winona Ryder is having in the sense that she became famous in the 1920s, I believe, as kind of the face of, the, the epitome of the young kind of liberated woman of that time. She was mm-hmm. like a flapper, she was a dancer, all these kind mm-hmm. of things. Uh, and then she kind of aged out of that and had to kind of reinvent herself as an adult actress, as, as a middle-aged woman. And she made a lot of films where she played like a, a put-upon mother. Yes. They say all actresses have three phases in their career it's virgin mother crone okay so um which is because women often get typecast in ways that men often have more yeah. opportunities so that kind of got me thinking about Winona Ryder had her definitely not virginal but she had her like teen icon phase in the mm-hmm. 80s and early 90s where she made a string of really iconic films like Heathers like Beetlejuice like Lucas and then when she kind of when she kind of hit her 30s I think she kind of she kind of dropped off the radar. She struggled, I think, to find a place in Hollywood because she was mm-hmm. associated very much with youth. And so when she was no longer young, well, where other actresses transitioned into adult roles, she, for various reasons, kind of struggled. Yeah. And so I find it really interesting that now she's come back playing a mother. It's mm-hmm. kind of she's jumped into that. She's now it's, it's been enough of a gap that she's kind of now is able to be to play these kind of middle aged women. So, and that reminds me very much of a really famous Joan Crawford film that was kind of her comeback vehicle, which was called Mildred Pierce. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of influenced by Mildred Pierce and just by generally um, this idea of Winona Ryder playing a mother as she does in Stranger Things, etc. So it's a direct sequel. Okay. It's called Heather's 2 Damage Control <laughs> because people always say, what's your damage? Yeah. And it does kind of tie in with the plot as well. Yeah. So um, in this film, it's present day um, and Winona Ryder is now 45. So Veronica is now, you know, same age, middle age, mm-hmm. mid forties. She's now an English teacher at Westerberg High, and she's div- which is the high school from the mm-hmm. original. And she is, is divorced, and she has a teenage daughter. Okay. So for the teenage daughter, again, as I mentioned... Is I, she divorced from anybody? It's coming, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll save that. It's not a huge plot point, but I'll save it. Yeah. So again, I couldn't really think of many teenage actors, so I just went with an actress called Keenan Sherpka. Do you know who she is? No, she's in Mad Men and she's in Feud actually as well. She, but she's seventeen and she's yeah she she fits the, the role. Sure, sure. She plays Sally Draper in Mad Men anyway. If you ever get around to watching Mad Men, which you should, I've told you many times. So yeah, that's her daughter. So anyway, she's also she's called Veronica Junior. Yeah. So and Veronica Junior Veronica Junior does not have a good relationship with her mother. She blames her for dri- driving her father away. She's very selfish and she's very materialistic. And in fact, Veronica is 
very concerned that her daughter is in fact a heather. Okay. So it's because her daughter has the, all those qualities of heaviness, basically. Yes. So Veronica, the re- we get our way into this film is that Veronica is still keeping her diary, still inexplicably wearing a monocle and screaming at the pages for no reason, <laughs> just, just as a callback. So yeah, so we learn through this how concerned she is that her daughter might actually, even though she's called Veronica, she might be a Heather. Yes. Now to complicate matters, as I say, Veronica is an English teacher in the same school, and she has developed quite an affection, a bond with a quiet, bookish young girl in the school, who ironically is called Heather. Because <laughs> I feel like there can only be two girls' names in these films. Sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> so, and she's going to be played by Maisie Williams. So I also had a Game of Thrones ah, connection. Great. Yeah. I feel like she could play an outsider, you know, rebellious, you know, a rider type. Quite yeah. Well. And I also think Maisie Williams is probably going to be typecast quite badly in, in her... I think she may struggle to be an adult actress. Yeah. Maybe she... I hope she doesn't. I hope she does well. But I feel like she might get stuck in that kind of Arya bubble for a while now. Well, we'll see. Because uh, Emma Watson's done pretty well. True. She has. And to be fair, what's her face? Sansa? Maisie... What's Sansa? Sophie Turner. She seems to be branching out. You know, she's doing X-Men real films and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So... So, yeah. So, she's there. So the idea is that we have all kind of naming confusion in which Veronica suspects that Heather is a true Veronica and Veronica is a true Heather. So, <laughs> so I'm, half of this was just to confuse because I know you found the names really confusing. So half of this was <laughs> kind of malicious. So but that's the setup. So anyway, things get even more confusing when Heather, mm. i.e. Maisie Williams' character, yes. keep it straight, yes. <laughs> begins hanging out with a new transfer student called DJ. Because I thought JD would be too on the nose. <laughs> so I just reversed it. And he'll be played by Lucas Hedges. From oh, Manchester. Yeah, yeah. I felt like he can do that. Yeah. He's 19. I think he can play that. Yeah, again, that kind of old, old, old spirit. Yes. Yeah. Old soul. So they shortly after they start hanging out, one of Veronica one of Veronica Jr.'s friends is found dead in an apparent suicide. Okay. So there's this start and then this starts a rash of apparent suicides through the school in kind mm-hmm. of a grim echo of the events of 30 years previously. Mm-hmm. And so because this already happened once at this school, and because you know teen suicide is always a hot topic. Mm-hmm there's a lot of media attention. So people, the media kind of flock to this school. It is this kind of history of piecing itself. Westerberg High, suicide, you know, 30 years on. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of press and Veronica becomes kind of convinced that Heather is behind it because she recognises so much of herself in this girl. This girl mm-hmm. hanging out with this strange mm-hmm. outsidery who reminds her of JD. Mm-hmm. So she's very suspicious. And she does a little bit of research and she finds that Heather actually has an online blog in which she writes revenge fiction about shallow teenagers being murdered. Right. So okay. she's obviously instantly very concerned that yeah. the history is very much repeating itself here. So anyway, she also becomes concerned that her own daughter, Veronica Jr., may be the next victim because she is the quintessential che- no, bullying cheerleader type. Mm-hmm. So she tells her daughter, she tries to convince her to go, in, go into hiding for a while. You know, you need to lay low because this, this is a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. But Veronica Jr. refuses to listen because she's in really enjoying the media attention because she is doing what the Heathers were in the original film. She's talking to the press and she feels like a star and she accuses her mother of being a fantasist who's just trying to steal her moment in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So she refuses to participate. Anyway, around this time, Veronica Jr.'s deadbeat dad turns up who is Veronica Winona Ryder, Veronica's <laughs> ex-husband. Sure, sure. Yeah. So he's going to be played by Johnny Depp. Ah, okay. For a couple of reasons. A, Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder went out in the 80s. They were a very celebrated couple for a while. Sure. A hot couple. And he, he had he has a tattoo called that said Winona Forever when they were together. Mm-hmm. And then he got it changed to Wino Forever when they broke up, which was tragic foreshadowing. And I, I also <laughs> like, again, I, I, I also feel like this is a real kind of deadbeat alcoholic dad. So I, I feel like bloated alcoholic is kind of Johnny Depp's kind of main character these days. Yeah. 
So yeah, he can play on that now. This, this, this fits <laughs> in his current persona quite well. Mm-hmm. So he's back and he starts reconnecting with Veronica Jr. But Veronica Sr. is concerned that he's only trying to kind of get money out of them because he's he's a deadbeat. And so mm-hmm. he sniffs that there's, you know, press attention and there's op- opportunities to make money. So, But Veronica Jr. again won't listen. She's like, no, I love my dad. You know, you're the bitch. All that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So the death toll continues to mount. Teens are dying, teens are dying, teens are dying, much like the original film, you know, various ways. Maybe dropping like flies. They are dropping like flies, yeah. There's, maybe there's some kind of, you know, repressed gay suicide pact. Maybe there's you know, just very much echoes of the original. So, and Veronica concludes that it must be Heather and she needs to put a stop to this killing spree. So one night, she climbs into Heather's bedroom window because apparently nobody ever uses doors in these films. So Fair enough. Everybody yeah. in the original film, it was just constantly going through windows. So Well, yeah, well, why, why else? Exactly. So she climbs through the window and Heather's there. And she accuses Heather. She says, she knows everything and you need to confess and this needs to stop. Mm-hmm. And Heather tells her, no, it's not me. She denies everything. And she tells her to get the hell out of my room, bitch. You know, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And so that becomes a fight. They, they start, you know, she, try, she tries to run for the door and call for help. And then Veronica tries to restrain her and they're mm-hmm. kind of struggling. And then in the struggle, Heather trips, falls, hits her head on a glass table and is killed. Again, in a flashback to the original film. Yeah. And a flashback to the death of Heather One, but also in kind of a callback to the fact that Veronica keeps accidentally killing people in the original film. <laughs> like, for considering she's not the villain, yeah. she does, she kills, she's definitely part of killing Veronica Heather One. Yeah. And she she actively shoots one of the, yeah. either Ram or Kit, whatever his name was. She shoots one of the guys. She shoots at them. She doesn't actually kill them. No, she kills one of them. She, kill, she? she kills the one who runs away. Because as he runs back, oh yes, he comes back round. She shoots him. And yeah, it's like he's dead. So yeah, he, she, she's not innocent in all of this. However much she yeah. knows, she is in fact a killer. Yeah. So she's killed Heather. Heather is dead. And just oh. at that moment, DJ Lucas Hedges' character mm. pops up also at the window. Yeah. He's just popped up to see his girl. Sees the scene. Yeah. You know, girlfriend dead on the table. The English teacher from school standing over. Doesn't look good. So in a panic, Veronica pushes him out the window to his death. That's, you know, it's just a panicky moment, you know, because he's like, what, if, what the hell have you done, you know? So wait, this is Winona Ryder's daughter and daughter's boyfriend? No, this is Winona Ryder. In, in, Winona Ryder has killed. Yeah. And now Winona Ryder has pushed. Yeah, sorry, it's Winona Ryder's daughter who's dead. No, 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 that, that's, that's Veronica. bloody names. Sorry. No, Heather, Maisie Williams is dead. Yeah. Who she thinks is doing the killing. Yes, yes. Okay. Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. are we clear? You've really confused me with these names. <laughs> it, it, it's intentional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling this might not be the most rewarding listening experience this episode. But no, <laughs> or the least. Yeah. Um, so so then she, so she, she pushes him to his dad out the window. He's, he's on a ladder or something, so she just pushes. He falls, yeah, yeah, yeah. dies. And then she makes her escape. Out, so, out of the window? Out of the window, I guess she'll have to. Good, she she good. can't just wander downstairs. Okay, yeah. Um, so she makes her escape, heads home. When she gets home, she finds Veronica Jr., her own daughter, mm. sitting in the kitchen with Johnny Depp dead on the floor. <laughs> so, Veronica asks what's going on, and Veronica Jr. pulls out a stack of Veronica Sr.'s old diary entries from the original film. <laughs> and she's like, I discovered them some time ago, and they gave me the perfect idea. She's going to be a star, mm. and she wants to be a star. And so, now she, and so what's actually happened is that she's been behind the whole thing. Right, okay. Maisie Williams was just a red herring. Aww. What actually happened is that she's going to frame her mother as a serial killer who murdered her own friends 30 years ago and, and, her, and her own father and has now gone on a killing spree and killed a whole new batch of cheerleaders. So, she thinks, you know, she's now the daughter of... Uh, she's the daughter of a serial killer who killed her father. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm going to be on Dancing with the Stars by the end of the year. So, yeah. You know, that, that's how the world works now. People get reality <laughs> TV shows. So before Veronica can kind of process this the police arrive because veronica jr has already called the police yeah yeah she's dragged so she's arrested and dragged away screaming that it's a setup she's innocent it was you know it was never her it was a daughter the whole time Mm -hmm. nobody believes her because there's diary entries there's Mm -hmm. clear 
evidence. Yes. And she has actually killed two people. Yes. <laughs> so and That then, evening. Yes, exactly. Alone. So she's not that innocent. Uh, and so as she's dragged away screaming, Veronica Jr. puts on a red ribbon, like at the end of the first film, and walks out to meet the press. And that is the end of the film. <laughs> That's, uh... Well, it's a lot more together than my idea. <laughs> Again, a bit dark, as always with mine, but there's yeah, no stuff, yeah. so I feel like um, it's on... Yeah, I thought it was a lot lighter than normal. For you. <laughs> I like that that's that's a, yeah. that's a lightweight one for me. It's just a little fun little rip murder romp. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see that one being made. Yeah, yeah. I actually think that this, I'm quite proud of this one. I feel like that if there was to be a sequel to Heather's, mm-hmm. I think that could work. But yeah, as I said before we started filming, this was a tough week actually because I think it's deceptively hard to make fun of good comedy. Yeah, I think bad comedies are easy to make fun of mm-hmm. or to make or to kind of do a twist on. Will you give me evils when you said that? So sorry, <laughs> what I perceive to not be the best comedy, should say. Um, and also I think any other genre film, like serious films, you can, you can whether they're good or bad, yeah. they're very easy to put a twist or ugly. on. Or ugly, yeah. But uh, this particular film, I, I did struggle a little bit to think of a way to make it funny, so I just had to go with a, yeah. a, an idea for a sequel. So, And that was it, so that is Heather's 2 Damage Control. Heather's 2 Damage Control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good one, it's a winner. Cool. As always. <laughs> you sound so bizarre. I think yours was good too. You need a, you need a little bit of um, detail. but oh, I was so proud of it before I started talking about it and then it just <laughs> fell apart. Ah, well. Ah, uh, well. Um, you need to stop watching our films like midnight the night before we record. That might be... <sighs> yeah, but I thought I had an idea like fully ran it up together. I've written loads. I've got a massive note on this. But no. Ah, I'm never happy. Anyway, so I guess that I'll have to do better next week. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we where- doing next week, Harry? Well, next week, uh, we've got another guest. Cool. Uh, we've actually got my friend Sophie coming on, and she is going to do Memento. Oh, okay. She's chosen Memento. Good film. I've not seen that so in years. I've not even seen it. Oh, wow. Okay. So I've got that to come, which cool. is going to be great. It's kind of like 50 First Dates, but done well. <laughs> okay. I've mm-hmm. never heard it called that. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Absolutely intrigued. Oh, great. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm excited to watch it, definitely. Cool. Well, that'll be a good one. I look forward to that. Yeah, um, tune in next week for that, everyone. Okay. And in the meantime, if you think you can do better than we did this week, it might not be too hard. Um, <laughs> if you can think of a... What, how would you like to see a sequel to Heather's? How would it look? So you can let us know at beyondtheboxset.com or you can tweet us at beyondtheboxset on Facebook, search Beyond the Box Set, or email us at beyondtheboxset at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Whether you'd like to see a prequel, a sequel, a spin-off, a TV show, a musical, whatever. Anything Heather's related, we'd love to hear about it. And we'll give you a shout-out on or a future episode. superhero flick. Maybe. Or a superhero tie-in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One in which the female characters get to do something, maybe. <laughs> oh, but fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on that note, catch you all next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.